You know, I'm thinking of starting my own advice column on the internet. I've been looking at some of the advice columns out there and some of the counsel that's been given. <laughs> I know I could do better than that. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to my take. Pastor Crespo here. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. Thank you for joining this episode of the podcast. Well, I have uh, something different than what I normally do in these podcasts, and that is take some news item or something and draw a Bible message or principle out of. I want to do something different. I, I'm going to AL.com. It's, it's short for Alabama.com. People go there to get all sorts of news that's specifically for Alabama. And uh, I found something on there. It, there was a section that was kind of like, uh, if you if you remember the old newspapers, I guess newspapers are still around. I don't read them. But the newspapers used to have what they'd call it an advice column. It's a place where people would send in questions and, and issues to the newspaper. And then they would kind of have someone, someone that they thought was wise and had all this information to give advice. Well, they're doing it digitally online these days, and AL.com has their own advice section. Well, I was looking at it. I came across one, and I I don't know. I just, you know, something didn't sit right with me about this. I want to share something with you out of it, and hopefully we can get some Bible lesson out of it as we go through it. Let me, let me share this with you. Here is the title. It says, Dear Annie, a man at my office stares at me incessantly. What can I do about it? Let me share, let me read excerpts from the column or the article, excuse me. It says, Dear Annie, I am a 26-year-old woman and recently graduated with my bachelor's in May of 2023. I searched for a long time before finding a job, and I ended up finding a position in a place I never expected to. Skills from my major do come into use regularly, but it's not what I went to college for. And though I've grown to really like the job, and if I have found it fulfilling up till now, I have a problem. And it isn't with the job itself. I have found myself, get this, I have found myself a victim of incessant staring. Okay. She's 26 years old. She's 26 years old, and she's complaining that people are staring at her, right? Um, I remember doing that. I used to complain to my mom all the time. My, my sister used to complain to my mom all the time as well. She, she, they, they used to call me Mikey as a kid. Mikey's staring at me. So here's a 26-year-old asking for advice. Incessant staring, perpetrated by a man who started here not long before I did. She said, alongside the unrelenting staring, he asked me where my house was about a month ago. I was more annoyed than scared before he said that. Now I find myself checking my surroundings everywhere I go, and I keep making up things I'm not sure are real or not, like his car loitering outside my home. He even requested to move departments and chose to be seated at the desk across from me. I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Uh, she continues. She says, I don't know what to do. He hasn't really done anything that I can legitimately talk to my boss about. But I dread the days when I see him parked in the lot. Um, this is how she ends this uh, letter she sends to the column, to the site. Do you have any advice 
on how I can help myself. Signed, tired of being scared at work and at home. Okay, that is the problem. That is the, the, the issue, the thing that this person is going through. Now, this is the response. Dear tired of being scared, if your goal is trying, if your gut, excuse, excuse me, if your gut is trying to tell you something, you should listen. Better safe than sorry. Tell friends and coworkers about them. If you have a manager or a human resources department that you trust, you should tell them too. Don't stay at the office alone with them. And then she says, you, can all, you should also stop by your local police department to see if they have any recommendations for how you can better protect yourself or guidance on what type of red flags you should look out for. They may be able to help you assess whether this man is a legitimate threat. All right. Um, I, I, I have some problems with this that I, you know what? I want to give some advice. I, I, I mean, I've been around the block a little bit. I'm, 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 I got gray hair to prove it. You know, I've been through some things. I've seen some stuff. Uh, if someone sent you this or if someone told you that they had this problem, what would you say to them? What would be your advice to this person? Okay, so let, let's, let's recap a little bit. She, she says, I am the victim of staring. This person is staring at me all the time. And, and I get so nervous whenever I, 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 think, I think his car is driving around my house where I live, is hanging out. Or when I get to work, I see his car in the parking lot. Um, let, what can we do to help this young lady with this issue? Now, I have a problem with the advice that, that, that quote, whoever Annie really is, that Annie gave to this person. Everything that she told her, everything that she told her was to get this person in trouble. Who hasn't done anything first tell your friends that this guy is creeping you out go to hr and tell them that this person is staring at you um go to the police and say hey i got a guy that's doing this and this how, how can i be safe what do i need to do in other words go and tell the whole world that this person is this creep and all he's done according to her is to stare at her and one time he asked hey where do you live um do you see anything wrong with this picture I mean, how old are you? You're 26 years old and you're still upset and complaining because people are staring at you? Have you ever considered? And, and so this is my advice. This is my advice. I'm going to give you some, some counsel here. Uh, like I said, I've been around the block a little bit. I've seen a few things. I've been through some stuff. Um, how do you know that he's staring at you? Maybe you are staring at him. In other words, can you imagine this guy? Can you imagine this guy? He's at work and he comes home and... Maybe he's married and the wife says, hey, uh, how, how, how was your day? Oh, honey, there's this girl at work. Every time I look up, she's staring at me. I mean, every time I look in her direction, I see her staring at me. And, and I got moved so that I'm like right across from her. And, and she's every time, I mean, no matter what, when I'm doing something, I'm, every time she's looking at me. I don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> what? You, you, so, and the other thing is that the, the young lady says that she sees, she believes she's seeing his car loitering around her where she lives. But how do you know what car the guy has? Did you, did you follow him once? Did you try to see what car he has? Um, what if, what if 
And, and this is what I would say if I was giving advice to this person. Yes, of course, you have to be safe. Yes, of course, you got to look out for yourself. And, and, but what if, what if really the man is not the problem? Could it be that you have a fixation on him? I mean, you got to ask the question, right? Just if, if, no, if he has done nothing that's, that's worth making a complaint over, or you say yourself in your article that you don't want to go to HR because, of course, imagine walking to HR and say, yes, I'd like to file a complaint against uh, brother after Mr. Smith. Oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's 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 violating my rights. What's he doing? Oh, that guy is always staring at me. Uh, excuse me? Yeah, yeah. He's always staring at me. And I just don't like it. I don't like being looked at. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is why she's not going to HR, because if she does, then she risks being seen that maybe she has a problem. That should be a red flag. Okay. So, so let's, let's say, what if, what if the issue is not him? What if the issue is you? Whenever you find yourself in a situation, you need to ask yourself if you are playing a part in the problem. Before you go to the police, before you go to HR, you better have something you need to complain about. Because otherwise, you may find yourself ruining someone's reputation at work and also ruining yours. So if it's, if it's credible, if it's legitimate, do something about it. If not, you need to start asking yourself the questions. Now, th there is, believe it or not, there is the, the Bible speaks to these type of issues. What do you do? And this is the switch now. We're going from the story to the Bible. But what do you do when you have a problem with someone? Whenever you're in conflict, what do you do? Do you go talk about someone? No, we call that gossiping. Do you go and say things that aren't true? No, we call that lying. Uh, by the way, gossip is condemned in the Bible. What should you do? Well, very simple. If you, if you were to read Matthew chapter 18, in Matthew 18, verse 15, the Bible gives us counsel. As a matter of fact, these are the very words of Jesus. He said, if your brother trespasses against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And then if he doesn't want to listen to you, bring someone else. This is a principle that if we followed more often, we would find ourselves happier, at peace, because we're dealing with the issues rather than letting them fester. Oh, my dear sister, if you have an issue, you're better off talking to the person about it rather than talking to someone about the person. The Bible is good. The Bible wants us to have good relationships. You should not go to work and feel threatened, creeped out, stressed out. You get paid to do a job, not to have all these negative emotions and this anxiety all the time. But the way you handle it does matter. It is important. Now, I, this, this news article reminds me that the idea of, of seeing something and jumping to a conclusion without talking to someone reminds me of a story in the Bible. That's right. Now I'm going to I'm going to point you or give you a reference. I'm not going to read it because it's really it's a rather long story, but I'm going to give you the summary of it. Uh, so here in the book in the book of Joshua, as you get near the end of the book chapters 22 and 23, you read a story that I think is really interesting. The 12 tribes of Israel, they have come into the promised land, into the land of Canaan and their job was to was to get rid of the enemies of God, to take over the land that was promised to them by God. And there was this thing where a couple of the tribes, before they actually crossed the Jordan River, they asked for permission 
for their families to stay back on the other side of the Jordan River where they already were because they liked the land and they thought it would be good land for them to to take care of their animals and, and such. And they were given that permission. They were told, I'll tell you what, leave your livestock and your children here, your wives here, but all the men come with us across the Jordan River and we're going to fight to take over Canaan, to take over the, the, the land of promise to Israel. When you are done, when we're done taking over that land, then all the men can go back and then they can live their lives with their families back on the other side of the Jordan River. That was the agreement. Well, in Joshua chapter 2, 22, excuse me, Joshua 22 and 23, here we now, we're, we're, we're at the end of this journey where Israel and Joshua feel like they have, they have successfully planted themselves in the promised land. They were 100% done, but they had planted themselves in the promised land, had taken enough of it to be in control of it. And so Joshua tells these tribes, he says, look, guys, you have fulfilled your promise. You came, you fought alongside us. Now I want you to go back, go back to your families, go back across the Jordan River. But remember to, that you, you know, you're part of the family of God. Worship God. Do not turn away. So what we have here in the story is that these two tribes— uh, it was actually two and a half tribes, but never mind. It, nevertheless, it was these two tribes. They they go back across the Jordan River, but the Bible says that on their way back, just before they crossed the Jordan to go to their families, they built an altar, a very large altar. What would happen was that the tribes of Israel that were left behind, when they had seen what those two tribes had done, that they built this altar, they said, these people have built an altar. They've already turned their backs against the God of Israel and are already they're already worshiping a foreign God because they weren't supposed to worship in any place except at the temple and say, oh no, they built an altar. They're gonna, they've already turned back. I mean, they haven't even crossed the Jordan. They've already turned away from the creator God. God is going to punish all of us if those people are allowed to continue sinning. So the Bible says that they grabbed all their soldiers together. The other 10 tribes, they got all their soldiers together and now they're ready to cross the Jordan River and to kill, to kill the very people that fought alongside their own brothers. They're going to go and kill their brothers because of the altar that they built before they crossed back over to the Jordan River. Well, if you read the story, you find that just before they decided they were going to go to battle, they sent a delegation. And this delegation came all hot and bothered and angry, and they started yelling at them and telling them off and saying, how could you guys do this? How could you turn away from God? God's going to punish all of us. You've done this. You've done that. You know, they just, in, in modern terms, we would say, you know, that those two tribes were the grass and the other, the delegates of the 10 tribes, they were the lawnmower and they were chewing them up and they were letting them have it. Well, it turns out that the leaders of those two tribes said, look, you want to know why we built that altar? When we were about to cross the Jordan River to come back home to our families, we said, let us build an altar that will be a sign, it'll be a memorial, so that we will always, you will always know that we are part of you. We don't want to get to a day that you use the Jordan River as a boundary and choose not to accept us as your family, so we built this altar as a memorial, as a sign that we are all one. Well, as you can imagine, they came in, the, those delegates came in hot and bothered to tell them of the coming armies coming to kill them. Now, now they realize, oh, wow. We made a huge mistake. Now, why did they make the mistake? Why were they ready to kill? They were armed and ready to kill their family, their own family, because they saw something and they jumped to a conclusion without first just asking the question, hey, what are you doing? 
Why have you, what, what, what is this for? You see, sometimes you see something and you think you know what it is, but you're not going to know until you actually talk. Instead of talking about the people or the person, the Bible tells us if you got an issue between you and someone else, go directly to them. Talk it out, work it out, find out the information. It will save you so much pain, so much embarrassment and sorrow. Now, I do have a little bit more practical advice. Look, if, if someone came to me, if a female came to me and she says she's having this problem, I believe this guy's staring at me all the time. He's doing this. He's doing that. I would, I would ask the question, are you sure? Are you sure that he's staring at you? I mean, in other words, maybe he's looking at you because he thinks you're pretty or maybe he wants to ask you out and he's too nervous or, or maybe he's a creep. I don't know. But, but here's the thing. Here's some practical advice. If you have somebody that is making you feel uncomfortable at work and you don't know if they mean well or not, all you need, all you need to do is tell them, talk to them and say, hey, listen, is there something going on here? Did, are, 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 is, is, I, feel, I feel like you have something against me. You, I seem to catch you looking at me all the time. You see, there are two things that can come from it. One, you can clear up a misconception. Or two, if this person is staring at you and is being a creep, by letting him know that you know, sometimes that very act will make them want to stop because they don't want to get in trouble. There are guys, and girls too, that like to play head games. They like to play mind games. They like to kind of tweak you a little bit without saying anything. The best thing to do with that is to deal with it head on. You talk directly to them and just ask them the question, what, what's, going, what's actually going on here? It seems like every time I look up, you're staring at me, or I, I, feel, I feel uncomfortable. What's going on? Letting them know that you know is one of the best ways to diffuse a situation, especially when you don't have anything real going on. The only way you're going to know is to address it directly. Now, here's one more thing, one more piece of advice. I'm going to end the podcast with this. If you have somebody that's making you feel uncomfortable, young lady, if someone is staring at you, if someone is doing this, that maybe maybe you did see their car pass by. Um, maybe you feel like, you know, I don't know if I'm safe in my own house. Uh, here's a piece of advice. Tell your dad. <laughs> Tell your father. Tell your father what's going on. I guarantee you any father worth his weight is going to find a way to handle it for you. But you know what? That's a piece of advice that transcends even this situation, that, that transcends our physical fathers. If you find yourself in a situation where you're feeling threatened, if you find yourself in a situation where you don't know what's going on, Oh, my brother, oh, my sister, the best advice that I can give you is to go tell your father, your heavenly father. God is better than 10,000 human fathers. And if a human father will move heaven and earth to keep you safe and protect you and look out for you, just what do you think your heavenly father would do to look after you? That's my take. And that's inspiration to go.